Welcome to the Uplift Magazine podcast series, which is a part of the Inform All Project charity. In this series, which I, Hani Schreiber, the founder and editor of the magazine, will be co-hosting with Susie Kahati, a family financial advisor based in Israel, we will be discussing why we women don't talk openly about money. So sit back, relax, and join us in Lipstick and Money. Why lipstick? Well, wouldn't you like to buy a stick of lipstick without feeling guilty? So ladies, let's talk about money. Introduce yourself, Susie. Hi, I am so happy to be here, and I'm so happy that I found you as a partner and also as a friend. Hi, everybody. My name is Susie Kahati. I'm a family financial advisor. I've been doing this about 15 years, and I work with all spectrum of life. As you can hear, I am originally from England. I've been living in Israel for 40 years. But I'd like to tell you, especially Hani, because you don't know this story, how I actually started to understand that us women are very passive regarding our finances. So as a family financial advisor, um, basically what I do is I make your money more efficient. I'm not an investment advisor, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant. I just help you handle your personal finances. So I work with all types of people from the lower class, middle class, and I also have, have chance, some extremely high-end clients and normally work together with a family office. What's a family office? When you have tremendous wealth, you need to have somebody to help you manage it because this really is a full-time job. The more money you have, the more work you need to do. My friend Leo from the family office invited me out for lunch, so I asked him, Leo, so how many women are investing with you? And he looked at me very pensively. And said, this seems to be a very interesting question. He said, there's two types of clients that come to you. There are women that inherit their wealth, and they do work with me. And there are women who are self-made millionaires. We live in a high-tech company in the world, and I think a lot of them around and he, so I said, how many inventors with you? Because I've known him for about 12 years. He's a great guy. He has an amazing product. And he showed me zero with his fingers. And right. I just couldn't grasp that. He could not attract the female customer. Why do you think that was? So what do you think? Because if I had the wealth, I would definitely work with you. There's no brainer. So I went home and did some research and I was shocked to find how passive women were. The more I dwelled into it, the more I realized that I had to tell women, you know, when you start handling your money, you do so much better than And but I realized the money was a very sensitive subject and it's been inside me. It was burning inside me a long time that I needed to find somebody or an outlet that I could actually find somebody just to share this with. So I met Honey on a networking, international networking event. She was talking about that Uplift magazine and what it, it uh, epitomized. It talks about, <clears throat> and it handles very delicate subjects that people do not want to talk about. Eating disorders, grief, uh, abortions. And I said, this is it. This is it. I have to reach out to Honey. 
and I reached out to Fremi and she said, this is amazing. Not only did she say it's amazing, she also told me about her money story, but that's for another episode. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of statistics. I didn't want to look at statistics from Israel. I didn't want to look at statistics from England because that's where we are. I'm going to take a very neutral country, which is Switzerland, right? So 56% of investments are handled by husbands. Okay. 85%, 85% of women who are married will leave all financial matters to their husbands. Not only that, Hasba Halila, they pounce away, the husbands pounce away, you stick the women stand up and start taking care of their, you know, no. They will leave it to their sons, to their brothers, to their uncles. They are totally passive. When you say that, Susie, it makes it, it makes you realize something because not only are they being passive and they're giving it over to their sons, but then when things are not going exactly what they want, they'll get very upset. They'll say, how come he's taking all this money? You could have been aware of it and taken care of it yourself in the beginning. So that's really important. Yeah, but what I don't understand, and this is it's also where I'm trying to understand and grasp it, is that a marriage is a partnership, okay? And we divide up jobs. And so I have no problem that the man well, the husband has decided to take care of the finances. But let me just give an example. Honey, you just came to Israel and we had a fantastic time together. But when you came home, the house wasn't a tip, okay? There was a food in the fridge. And if you had kids, I'm sure they would get to school and do their homework and bring baths, right? Not as efficient as you, okay? But you can rely on your partner that if anything happened to you, they will survive. So let's look at the other way. The finances is totally on the shoulders of the husband. The wife is oblivious of what is going on. And unfortunately, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine lost her husband to Corona very, very quickly. And we're still running after the paper chase. She has no idea what's going on, whether they had a life insurance and bank account to borrow because he was a foreign citizen. She didn't even know what's in that bank account. We had that simple, we had a similar story here recently where the woman couldn't even go onto the computer. She didn't know any passwords or anything to see what was going on. So she was like, they were trying to pack into a computer because her husband died. Yeah. And who he was dying, so it wasn't like a shot. And but she didn't, she didn't want to know. She thought, "Oh, I'll manage, I'll manage." Even sitting down once a year with your partner and talking about the finances, you know, who's the insurance agent, who's the lawyer, who deals with this, and who deals with that. But there is another aspect. There's a psychological aspect of that if the husband feels they cannot talk to the wife about finances. That's a huge emotional, stressful burden on the shoulders of the man. I want to talk to my wife about finances, where we should invest, what's her ideal, what she, you know, what's her long-term vision. That makes it very stressful. Out of all the conversations that we have with our partners, that's the only thing that we, as women say, sorry, I don't understand. You do what you want to do. That's not fair. No, you're right. You're 100% right. What are we going to be showing 
our listeners who are sitting around here, what what are they going to expect from us? Okay. I think that first of all, the I would like the listeners, men and women, it's not just directed at women, that it's okay to talk about money. And that even though Hani and I have two completely different money stories, we come from completely different uh, backgrounds, we can help each other with our finances. And that's the number one mistake that people make. People do not talk about finances, which is unusual. We talk about food that we eat every, every day, right? Talk about everything. <laughs> we talk about it every hour, you know, and we don't talk about money that we use every single day. I think it's embarrassment. I think there is a, a, a taboo around money. If we, we sort of, if we think about it because the, and, and the money has changed as well, because when we were young, we had to go to the bank in order to withdraw money. And now it's ATM machines and we've got credit cards. It's like money is very much more available than it was. But our parents didn't talk to us or teach us about money, which is unusual because they teach us about everything else. We didn't learn it from the extended family. Because sometimes, like for example, my mother doesn't know how to sew. I know that my grandmother would, my grandmother would teach me how to sew on a button, right? We didn't learn about it in school or in middle school or in high school. We don't learn about it in university. Even in accountants that I work with, they say, we never learned about this. So we never, we never sort of like get this, taught this life skill, which is a pity. Okay, fine, we don't get the lots of lessons. Nowadays, people don't learn how to cook, but they can actually learn how to cook if they want to. Okay. And then around the kitchen table, around the dinner table, around any table, we don't talk about money. And even when the men get together, they will not talk about the overdraft or where they took out to learn. They will talk about how successful they were in uh, finances. So we Thank you. So let's just break down a little bit of what people will expect from us. So then, okay. so first of all, the financial dialogue. And I think the next one is why as women, okay, we are so behind men in our financial education. For example, I have three daughters and having some amazing conversations with my middle daughter, Ella. she's 30 plus, and I was talking about the financial education. And she said, well, we weren't taught about it. I said, I know, Ella, but surprisingly enough, the men seem to self-educate themselves much more and much better than women. We have to understand why is that the history of it. I'd also like to talk about the finances in the marriage. I'd like to talk about how to also, on a very sensitive subject, that's why I chose Uplift Magazine, is what is financial abuse? How do you spot it and how do you take actions in order to get out of an abusive relationship with money, especially with your partner? I think that the, the, get, the goal of this podcast, especially with you, honey, is to make women aware, first of all, they're not alone, we're here. A dialogue only helps the situation when you return to our friends for every other form of assistance and support. And also to ask questions, to take control, gain financial confidence, because women do so much better than men when they take control of things. We know that. We've seen that with everything else. 
Yeah, it's funny because I don't even think, you know something? Today, there's a very big word being used in the women circles, empowerment. I don't even think it's about that. To tell you the truth, I really don't. I think it's a necessity. I really do think it's a necessity to know. It doesn't mean that I have to be more powerful than the man. No, it means that I just, it's a necessity for my growth to know where I'm holding money-wise, to understand the situation. And this way I could be part of my growth. growth. Yeah. growth. And it's nothing like, to do with empowerment because I, I don't like that word so much. I think it it makes us sound like we're, we're you know, we're idiots who sat in our cupboards all our life and now we're going to be empowered. That, that's not really what it's about. It's not, it's about having a knowledge that will help us continue and grow and helpfully my whole aim has always been with Uplift is to educate the next generation that they shouldn't have these same issues that we have. So if I could just say to my granddaughter or my, you know, my grandchildren, you know, darling, I've gone through this. Let's learn a little, you know, take it seriously. This is something you should discuss. This is something that it's not going to hurt you to discuss it. Your husband's only going to, you know, give you a blessing that you know about it because it's going to help his load. I think that's that's really important. And I want to say that I worked with 18-year-olds and 92-year-olds. So if you think you're too old, you're too young, no, it's never too late. This, oh, I always say the best time to do it is now. Yeah, now. And I want, I really hope that you're listening to the podcast so you know how to handle your finances like a pro. Because I was there. So were you. I've listened to your mum's story. We listened to it one day. How you went from one extreme to another. And I think, I think another thing I'd like to do is at the end of each podcast that we do, if we could give a tip to the, you know, to those who are listening, but just a tip of the day. Start from the beginning. Look at your bank account every single day. And if you don't have internet access, this is the best time to start. Because all you need to do is get into the computer or even on your smartphone. I think on cushion phones, you can have it. Okay, that's a really good one. For me, I think the biggest tip I could give is to think very hard when you're going shopping or when you're doing your, your grocery shopping, is don't do this on an empty stomach. Think to yourself. No, I'm thinking from experience, honey. Everybody experience. <laughs> Susie knows me well. Anyway, <laughs> I think to yourself, what do I really need? You have a list, an ongoing list on your refrigerator. I have it. We have an ongoing list on the refrigerator. If we need fruit extra, we'll always write it down. So this way, you're, you know, you're always aware and you're not buying just because your eyes are hungry. That's my tip. I think that's a good start for our show. Remember, everybody, to get in touch with us. Nobody's judging you. Nobody cares. We we are all in the same boat. Susie has great advice on how to help us all, you know, take hold of our finances and do something with it. And we're looking forward to this. So, again, welcome to our first show, and we're looking forward to our second one. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you.